shiftless, aimless, dusty, lazy. Maybe these are some words you've heard or even you've used in those times when you just couldn't seem to get it together or saw someone who couldn't seem to get going. This is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So please join me on the flip as we get into a cure for stagnation. I'll see you then. All right, let's get into this. A cure for stagnation. Now, let me just tell you up front, the a cure that I'm going to be talking about today is the ability to concentrate, or I'm going to give you a concentration starter kit. And I'm going to give you a a quick glossary of some terms are going to be referring to. So on the top part, I'm going to talk about sympathetic shock. And on the second part, I'm going to talk about parasympathetic shock. And what these shocks are, and a shock, of course, not of course, forgive, a shock in this context is when uh, a, a situation is not behaving properly or as it was intended, meaning that it has been stressed and um, it's a uh, quality debilitated. Okay. So it's been compromised. Now we have a sympathetic system and a parasympathetic system within our body. Sympathetic dealing with the mental, with the, the battery, um, the, the thought processes, consciousness, awareness, logic, reason, passion, desires, all of that stuff that happens in the brain, okay? And then parasympathetic happening in the gut region, in our digestion, our organs, our um, movement, our body. So sympathetic, mind, parasympathetic, body, shock, not working properly, compromised, okay? So let's get to this. Now, I'm going to tell you real quickly that I'm breaking this into two because a lot of times when people think of stagnation, they think of someone being still and not moving. And that is true, but there are two sides to that. Well, there are more than two sides, but there are two main major sides to that. And I'm going to deal with the one that a lot of people don't associate with stagnation first, and that is sympathetic shock. Now, Bear with me. Let me give my disclaimer. This uh, episode uh, podcast is not to practice medicine or give any kind of medical advice. If anything that is said during this podcast triggers you that you need to look into it, do not, and I repeat, do not try to uh, do anything by, you know, any kind of uh, medicinal means, medication or otherwise, without your physicians, um, and health, hopefully your med- mental professionals help. All right. So with that being said, let's get into this. Before I uh, get into the parasympathetic and the sympathetic shocks, I want to give a shout out to those readers that sent me a message thanking me about uh, for the recommendation of Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil book. I told you guys, it is a great read. And y'all, I just love it when you give me feedback on um, the shows and uh the resources, that helps me. And it helps me to keep going and to keep uh, knowing better how to share with you and how to be a useful, entertaining resource for you in your day. Um, 
So keep them coming, please. And if you don't know how to do that, please check the show notes. I've got links on how to leave me a message for the podcast, how to email, even how to support outside of um, Amazon. I've had a few people say, I I don't have Amazon in my country. And they have been so good at um, sending. Thank you for the Thank you for the PayPal donation. It was unexpected, but greatly appreciated. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate that. So yes, information is always in the show notes, but let me get back to what we were talking about. All right. So uh, Outwitting the Devil, it is very apropos here. Uh, In that book, Napoleon Hill has this allegorical conversation with the devil and the devil talks about how he can snatch souls of those who are shiftless and aimless and uh, most people think of people like that as being lazy and all of this kind of stuff and unmotivated, and that it could be the furthest from the truth. What we are dealing with in today's society is not people who are aimless and shiftless in the in the sense of um, being lazy, but more so in the sense of being overwhelmed and totally fried uh, burnout is not even the word we want to use. This is downright shock. And I'm coming from a place of knowing because I have to be on guard for this all the time. Because someone said, when you know better, you do better. And once I started understanding what was happening to me, I started taking precautionary measures. And one of the things that I have to employ because of this sympathetic and parasympathetic shock that a lot of times if, if if you don't catch it, it'll start to oscillate back and forth where you, depending on the, the time of day, you could be in either one of these is that I have learned that one of the cures for my stagnation is to concentrate, all right? People are really starting to get into meditation, And I am a big proponent of meditation because meditation is a starter kit component of concentration. When you meditate, people think, oh, I don't have, I'm not supposed to think about anything and my mind is racing and that's too hard and I can't sit still and I could be doing something else. And when I sit down and stop, all of the stuff that I've been trying to avoid comes rushing in. Yeah, all of that is true. And The more you meditate, the more you're able to slow your mind down to where you can pluck one of those things out that you can start to work on instead of having them all vie for your your attention with um, loud, blaring noise. And so meditation is one of the components of being part of this concentration starter kit. So let's get into the sympathetic shock. Sympathetic shock happens in the in the the firing and the synapses of all these thoughts bombarding us in our minds and your mind starts to race um disparate thoughts come in and like i said before there is no filtering there there is no uh prioritization that is naturally happening um The dry cleaning needing to be picked up is just as loud as the report that's due at 2 p.m. and it's 1230 is just as loud as, oh, I forgot to pick up the dance recital clothes in time is just as loud as the oil needs to be fixed because the car uh, is uh, starting to run hot. So you got all of these different things happening, um, vying for your um, attention. And the amount of inputs that come in 
compound. The more you don't deal with them, the more they compound. And it is because we are wired to solve. And so when we have so many things on our plate that we have to keep pushing back things, we start training those things to make bigger noise and bigger noise until the point where we become shocked in that all of them are like clashing symbols of crescendo in our mind all day long because they want to get solved and the brain is fritzing out. Um, one of the things that people don't realize when you're in, in sympathetic shock, the mind racing leads to aimlessness. You are turning around in figurative circles where you don't know where to go and what to do. One of the byproducts of this sympathetic um, shock is that you start to crave sugar because that brain wants that glucose and that sucrose, those quick hits to keep keep the engine going, to keep trying to process this endless loop that has been stuck in a loop. And so you start having increased cravings for sugars and carbs to feed that mind. You also tend to have problems stopping the engine to go to sleep. You, you don't have that deeper level of data, uh, delta sleep that helps the body truly repair. So you have fitful sleep, which can sometimes develop into night terrors. And night terrors can then develop into anxiety, which can then develop into post-traumatic stress syndrome because of you always being hyper-vigilant because the brain is posed. It's kind of like a cat sitting up on its claws all the time because you can get no peace, okay? So if that sounds like you, concentrate. If you can't concentrate, seek help because this can spin out of control. Another byproduct of sympathetic shock as well as parasympathetic shock is you start to feel numb. The amount of emotions either are only up where everything is an emergency and you're freaking out or everything is, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with this. I can't deal with it. You become numb or you become apathetic or you become uh, a person who is hypersensitive to the point where you can't deal with anything. Nobody can tell you anything bad. You're, you, you are, um, uh, you, you become like crepe paper, very, very fragile. So be aware of that. And as I said before, you can use meditation. And I know how hard it is to meditate when uh, sympathetic shock is, is going on. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about sympathetic shock. When you look at that, you can um, also equate it to the fight or flight syndrome. And so there are chemical processes going on in the brain that are firing. And based on how your, your, your chemical makeup is or how you've been nurtured, uh, you can have a fight or flight response to that. And so sympathetic shock would be kind of, not kind of, but it's, it's yeah, let me just say that. It's kind of like when uh, an animal is cornered. Either the animal is going to come out that corner fighting, which is the uh, fight syndrome, which is equivalent to the sympathetic, where your brain speeds up to try to fix all this stuff that's happening to you, 
or it can go into flight or frozenness where it is frozen, deer in headlights, can't move, stagnant, which is parasympathetic. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. So in the fight or flight syndrome, that head space, the running and all of that kind of stuff and craving sugar and antsy and can't sit still, but can't get anything done. Um, some people, it exhibits itself through their attention deficit disorder. A lot of this stuff is uh, based on the fact that it, you're in shock. And because you're in shock, you have to make sure that you take the time to start employing a regimen of concentration. All right, so let me get to the parasympathetic and then I'm gonna give you some more things that you can do with regards to concentrating because this is a concentration starter kit here too, okay? All right, parasympathetic. I've talked a little bit about it being the flight response where you are a deer in headlights, frozen, can't move, danger ahead, but I can't do anything. and That's where you feel it in your gut. That's where you get the butterflies in your stomach or the tension in your heart or the uh, stress in your your lower back. It is the bodily response to uh, this shock. And with parasympathetic, everything slows down. So this is where... You become the couch potato. You recluse. You go get into the bed and create a nice little cocooned area in your bed of retreat away from the world. It's escape. And it also has some numbness to it. When you're in parasympathetic shock, you feel cold and you you might even catch yourself craving hot comfort foods all the time. You, you love to sip on teas and soups and stuff like that because you're frozen and the body is trying to find a way to shock the shock out of itself to get up and move. One of the things uh, that you can do with regards to parasympathetic shock to treat it with concentration is to hold sustained but tolerable stretches. Like simply getting up and extending your arms over your head and touching the ceiling as long as you can and lifting up everything so that you can get the body to understand that it needs to send blood flow out. A lot of times when you're in parasympathetic shock, your fingertips and your feet get cold because everything is rushing into your core to try to give it aid to unblock itself, to move and to do. And as I said before, with sympathetic shock, untreated, it can turn into anxiety, depression, And it can also turn into other issues of um, uh, eating disorders where depending on how you are, you you, you might develop some types of um, eating disorders. And I'm not just talking about bulimia and um, anorexia. You know, I am talking about uh, eating disorders that can go through the range of pica. Uh, Most people think pica is just because of mineral 
the uh, deficiencies of needing certain, you know, leads and stuff. No, pica can also be uh, the body trying to find something of comfort to feel itself enough to force the digestive system to even work because your body feels like it's in shutdown um, because it can't move. It's, it's been shocked. You know, I know this is some heavy stuff, but it's needful stuff that I want to put out there as the wisdom smack for what we need to stop being so stagnant and to help ourselves to help ourselves. Um, As I said before, we are made to solve things in our minds and in our bodies. We are made to make things through movement and doing. And one of the biggest, saddest things that happen to us is when the world is too much, we stop thinking and we stop doing. And that's what parasympathetic and sympathetic shock does. It's, it's, it's hideous what it does to us because it makes the outside world think that we are aimless, shifty, uh, um, aimless, shift, yeah, shifty and lazy. Have you ever had a person where they, where you look at them and you're like, oh, they have so much potential. Why can't they just move forward? It might be because all of that potential is locked inside of a, a warfare going on. That might be it. You know, so let's now, now that we've talked about sympathetic shock of the mind. Oh, and another thing with sympathetic shock, sometimes in some people it exhibits itself by them liking crunchy things, whether it's crunchy snacks that are salty and sweet or ice, chewing a lot of ice to to keep that, you know, to try to keep up with all of the energy of the mind just trying to do stuff. And then likewise, back in the parasympathetic, where the parasympathetic is trying to crave warm things and and comfort foods and uh, things that make them feel safe and grounded and secure, heavier foods to uh, give them that security blanket. Um, There has been a craze that that was going around during the wintertime that I think is only going to continue uh, where people were getting weighted blankets to sleep under in the wintertime. And that feeling of uh, needing to, to feel have, uh, secure is nothing new. Uh, back in the day, I remember growing up with a grandmother who, who had quilts. And if you've ever slept under a quilt, you're not going to be moving too much. It's going to keep you right where it is. So these weighted blankets are today's um, equivalent of these quilts. But with those quilts, people had better sleep sometime because they felt supported and snug. Just like when a baby needs to be properly snuggled to, to stop their little hands and feet from moving uncontrollably and they can't get good rest. Sometimes we need adults swaddling ourselves to be able to reset and regroup from the onslaught of the world around us. Okay. So now let's get into this concentration starter kit. I've already talked a little bit about meditation. So let me talk a little bit more about meditation. So most people are like groaning, like, here she goes. Everybody's talking about meditation. But you better catch this wisdom. Meditation can uh, do a lot. And don't, don't, don't sleep on meditation. 
What meditation does is meditation allows your brain to slow down enough to pluck something out. So a lot of times people tell you clear clear your mind. You don't necessarily have to clear your mind if it's in a heightened state of shock. But you maybe want to focus on picking one thing out of the, the maelstrom of ideas that are swarming in and say, for this point, thank everything else that has been coming. But as I sit here, I'm going to allow my mind to sift through and process this one thing. And that might be your meditation. The very word of meditation means to ponder on specifically and and delve deeper into something specific, you know, to, to hold it ever before you. So it's okay to think about something, just pick one. And it doesn't, you know, you don't have to uh, devote hours and hours to it because you're going to have to grow it. It's a muscle like most things that we have to use to get get relief in our life. So pick that one thing during your meditative time and you can allow your mind to run crazy with it. You know, a lot of times in meditation, when you can pick one thing, the creative forces that we're all a part of will come in and show you creative ways to handle a situation to get it finished because we are programmed to solve. And we do want to stop those loops that continue to come when we don't deal with solving something. All right. So the next part of this concentration starter kit after meditation is um, I'm going to talk about uh, micromastery. Uh, I'm going to actually reference two books that I referenced yesterday from the second part of our Common Sense Boot Camp. If you haven't uh, checked out those podcasts, check out uh, yesterday and day before where I did parts one and two of that and talked a little bit about how to get your common sense back. But the two books I'm going to talk about now uh, have to do with deal with two things that you can use for concentration. The first one is called micromastery. And from that, with regards to concentrating, um, I'm going to take uh, the big idea from that book and use it here. Work with your hands. Find something. You know how people tell you to find a habit? You don't necessarily have to find a habit, but learn how to make something. Even if you are going to go in and teach yourself how to make the perfect boiled egg. Do that. Learn how to do something because concentration is there for the purpose of victory, of completion. When you concentrate on something, it's usually moving you in a direction of getting satisfaction, of getting either completion, understanding, mastery, control, management, or something. Concentration, the spoils of concentration, have to do with victory over something for the most part. Now, you can concentrate on enjoying something, yeah, but even with that, the idea is to have victory in prolonging your enjoyment of something, okay? So pick something that you can master that's a small little something. Now, this is the part that is not in the book that I want to give you as a wisdom smack on why you want to get something to work with your hands and something that you can... uh, quickly complete is because you want to get the victories. One of the things about stagnation and why we use concentration is because concentrating on one thing at a time and then picking a micro component of something to help you uh, learn how to concentrate means that you get victories. And once you start getting small wins in your column, 
You start breaking out of stagnation. You start breaking the grip and the hold of parasympathetic and sympathetic shock because you start getting your body back into balance. Yes, back into balance. All right. The next thing is uh, the book called Atomic Habits. And I'm going to put those in the show notes for you. Uh, But Atomic Habits, those have uh, to do with instead of setting goals, take what you want to do and break it down into its components and look at the ones that you can turn into regular habits. And instead of having goals, you institute a process of having a habit so that those habits reward you with making the goal that you're trying to go after more obtainable. Okay. So breaking those down. Let me give you something that is really good for helping you with breaking your stagnation and with concentration. It was coined by Jerry Seinfeld and they talked he talked about his creative process of how he challenged himself to write a joke a day. And he called it he said that he uses as don't break the chain and it's very simple. They even have free apps that you can put on your phone to mark your days. And what you do is each day you complete that simple task, you exit out and your goal is to have every day with an X on it. So you don't break the chain. All right. And that is another way that you can use the concentration of that one thing to form a good habit so that you don't break the chain and you start getting victories and wins in your column. Because when the mind and body starts to see a victory over something and completion, completion to the mind and body equals good and it equals progress. And so it equals health. And so that's another reason why you want to fight for concentrating enough to get these wins in your column. All right. The next thing that still has to do with micromastery of something that you do or make and also uh, with turning small components of a goal into habits is to reframe the goals and how you view them. So I talked about inversion strategy in a podcast and uh, how a lot of people who have made a lot of money use inversion. And what inversion is, is it's you plan for instead of the goal that you want, you plan on stopping stuff that could go wrong. So instead of focusing on a goal, your, your main focus is to mitigate or completely annihilate things that could go wrong in what you do. And then you will notice that you're hitting your goals because you are uh, not only planning, but doing things that keep you from stopping, that keep you from getting waylaid and sidelined so that it's an inversion where you invert the goal into concentrating on mitigating or getting rid of the things that you could keep you from the goal. Okay, so instead of saying I need I need or want to make ten thousand dollars this month, you don't look at the goal of ten thousand dollars. You look at what can I do to keep uh, any to keep things away from that ten thousand, and you work on that. That means that if you uh, want that ten thousand, instead of working towards ten thousand, you work on making sure that the funnel that that brings that money to you is clear 
and you you fight for it and you clear that funnel so that it is a straight shot to you. All right. So then after that, I want to talk a little bit about survivor bias real quick. And survivor bias is 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 based on people only concentrating on the wins and not the losses. And it came from World War II, um, where uh, the British Air Force was having major problems with keeping their planes in the air. And they continued to try to strengthen the planes uh, based on the, the wreckage of the, the planes that survived until somebody finally realized that these are the ones that survived. Why are we concentrating on these? We need to find the ones that didn't and fix those problems. And so once they started gathering the the, the scraps of the planes that went down, um, they realized that they were patching up the wrong stuff and addressing the wrong needs. And that's the same thing with stagnation and concentration. You need to make sure that you're not trying to fix what is not broken. Instead, you look for what is not working. Okay. And let me, let me tell you this. When you're doing that, I want you to fixate on a manageable point. Don't try to fixate on the whole of it. Just one point, doing one thing at one time. And as I'm looking and my time is, oh, my time is almost up. Let me just leave you with this, with your concentration starter kit. I want you to remember that your concentration is a targeted movement. It is there for you to uh get your wins. It is there for you to move out of this shock of being uh, either uh, over uh, just your mind just taking over or your body shutting down this fight or flight experience. Your concentration should be that you take one thing at a time. You learn to uh, turn uh, goals into good habits you do micromanagement or micromastery things. You become a, a doer maker. You learn how not to break the chain on simple things. And you learn how to mitigate your uh, loss of not making your goal by focusing on planning against what could go wrong instead of uh, basing your hope on what could go right. So with the cure for stag, a cure for stagnation, I want to just leave you with that. Concentrate, meditate, make stuff, concentrate on one thing at a time and get your success and your victory. This, oh my gosh, this is this is this was just too fast. Yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Oh, thank you, my loves. Thank you, darlings, for listening. And don't forget to use our Amazon link at michellespivey.com forward slash AMC. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, Please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.